Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Building Great Sales Teams. I'm especially excited about this one today. I've been watching this guy's story for the past year, and he has been going through the grind and working hard and has ended up with a seven-figure company. And I, I wanted to bring him on to tell that story, talk about sales, talk about life, talk about everything that he's doing. His name is Tommy DeLong. He's the owner and founder of TD Outdoor Living as well as Houston Pole and Patio. He's a redeemed believer, A very uh, had some very humble beginnings from a trailer home. He's lost nearly 100 pounds and uh, has now founded and scaled multiple companies and grown outdoor living to, and the Houston Pole and Patio to two and a half million. So Tommy, welcome to the show, brother. Doug, I appreciate it. Good to connect again, man. Awesome, man. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to get right into it because I just started coaching contractors this year and uh, I built several sales programs for home services in general. All right. And I'm very curious about, because this is one of those things. It's kind of like the 2.0, the 3.0 of the sales program. You're walking into a home, you're, you're, you're there for a sales presentation. You're there for an estimate, you know, as we call it, and you see another contractor walking out. So when you're going into that home, why do you know you're going to win that business over that contract? Um, man, great question to, to get started. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one is just experience and longevity, you know, and I know there's other, there's other contractors, especially in my area in Houston. I mean, it's, you know, the concrete, concrete jungle of the world. So there's always stuff going on, but I think my experience uh, and just my big thing with, with sales, cause I've been in so many homes and done this for going on 20 years is relating uh, and, and having that relationship and building the trust. You know, I'm not going in and I hear it from customers all the time and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not what we do and you know really our core value i'm not going in with all the the fanciest stuff and the the greatest sales deck and you know all no. that kind of stuff uh i mean we get i get our our point across and i make sure uh, that that we're authentic and our story is told uh but okay. my big thing my big thing doug is is just building that relationship and building that trust because Contracting can get a little bit of a bad rap with, you know, people getting people getting burned or, you know, a contractor coming in super cheap and saying it'll take three to four weeks and then the price doubles and it takes three to four months, you know, and just those kind of things. And that's just not the game we play. That's not the company we are. So, I mean, it's just the trust and uh, having good referrals, you know, where if a customer has questions you know, being able to point them in directions of previous customers. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's, that's the big thing for sure. Absolutely, brother. So whenever we talked last, it, I want to say it was about a year ago, you had been talking about bringing in basically uh, pull installations. You wanted to get into that business. It was something that you were interested in. And, you know, I had some insight behind it, but you know, you've obviously gotten deep into it now. How has that gone and how has that journey been for you? Because I'm sure there's plenty of contractors that do patios, backyards, and obviously refer out the pool business. And so now you've brought that, I guess, more internal or started your own uh, your own division of it. Yes, exactly right. So, uh, yeah, we kind of branched out and did a, a little bit of a sister company, if you will, Houston Pool and Patio. <laughs> Uh, and I had done, so we're working with Latham uh, fiberglass pools. They're, they're an amazing company that's uh, all over the world. Um, and I had, I had installed and built fiberglass pools in the early two thousands, uh, right, right at the tail end and then out of college for a few years. And the company I was with was a family owned business in San Antonio, kind of in your neck of the woods. Uh, and they've been around for 40, 50 years. The, 
the matriarch or the patriarch, I should say, the grandfather's been in it for, I mean, I think he was in it for 50 or 60 years. So uh, I got mm -hmm. in with a really good family and uh, my partner now, we've been friends for 20 years now and uh, we're in each other's weddings. And so that made that transition and that launch much more feasible and comfortable, um, you know, mm -hmm. just with the, the working with Latham and working with my partner and, and both of our experience and all those kind of things. So, I mean, it's been, it's been great. And the big thing with, with fiberglass pools is just the, um, <clears throat> the, the quick turnaround, you know, we're, we're done in two, three, four weeks at most, but we can also do the concrete, additional concrete, outdoor kitchens, patio covers. And there's not, there's not many companies. There are other fiber. There's, obviously quite a few gunite concrete pool builders everywhere, especially in, in our area. There's not that many fiberglass pool builders or installers in this area, um, especially not to the scale that, that Latham uh, is capable of doing and that we're capable of doing. And there may be, but I have not come across one that, that does their own concrete work and kitchens and patio covers and stuff in house. And so that's why you see, Houston Pool of Patio and TD Outdoor Living as Houston Pool and Patio. Yeah. My vision for Houston Pool of Patio is that will be the, the main brand. And then TD Outdoor Living, if a customer from the poolside wants additional concrete decking and patio cover kitchen, then TD Outdoor Living will handle that aspect of it. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. How are you juggling? I guess, do you have, do you have any salespeople that you're, employing right now how are you juggling both brands and kind of do you switch those hats in the middle of the day so how does that work yeah um yeah it's been like literally one yeah hat logo <laughs> <to the next. laughs> yeah yeah so i mean it, it has been uh it's it's been a, an adjustment but luckily you know i'm pretty i'm kind of used to that and it's you know it's uh it's a very similar industry you know so uh, it hasn't been, it hasn't been overwhelming, but, uh, but yeah, we're looking at bringing on some more salesmen. I've got uh, one of our guys who's actually uh, been with us for a while in a different capacity that's starting to uh, do some yard visits and things. Nice. Yeah. And so we're, we're getting there, um, you know, really focusing on getting, uh, getting the business more, uh, more efficient. Um mm -hmm. As you mentioned, I mean, we're we're well into the six figures now, which is awesome. But we're kind of at that that point where the way we're operating, you know, smaller, a little more on the mon pa type side, uh, you know, for us to to add the pools and really scale and create a uh, a great customer experience, uh, or not lose that great customer experience as we you know grow, um, you know, which is that's the lifeline of our business and, and a lot of businesses. So that's very important to us and to myself. And so, but yeah, I mean, it, juggling would be a very good word uh, to, you know, to put it, but up until this point, it's been, it's been okay, but uh, we're definitely getting some things in place and bringing some, some additional support on board to, uh, to help with that. And that's another reason for trying to get and, and kind of, uh, rebrand, if you will, to Houston Pool and Patio and then have TD Outdoor Living is more of the almost a subcontractor of Houston Pool and Patio yeah. to handle the the patio and kitchen side. That way we're not having to try to to juggle because that it, it gets confusing on the back end. Uh, and then, you know, I can also see where it can be very confusing to the customer, you know, to the consumer. So yeah. that's that's the ultimate goal. It's not going to happen overnight like anything, but uh, we'll get there. Well, I think it forces you to grow out of that solopreneur role. You know what I'm saying? Where you're the salesperson, you're the CEO, you're the integrator. You know what I mean? You're, you're doing finance, you know, and I know um, if, if I remember correctly, your, your wife helps you out with some of that stuff uh, as far as like the admin stuff and everything, but you're still pretty much wearing all the hats, you know, the, the, the full-time, like four full-time jobs, you know what I mean? And so 
what are you doing now to kind of prepare for those new people to come on? You know, this, this would be for a listener that is maybe one year into their business, just crossed the seven figure mark. And they're not even thinking about, you know, having other people come on. They're like, man, this is my livelihood. Like, I don't, I don't know about letting go of some of my profit to, Mm -hmm. to get set up for expansion. Obviously you're putting those things in place now. So what does that look like for you? Yeah. And it took a while. I mean, cause I was that person, um, you know, where it's like, man, if I, you know, do this or do that, it's going to eat at the profits. And, but you gotta, you have to do that because if you bring that person on, it's only going to help you expand even further, you know? So you've yeah. got to, you've got to, uh, you've got to do that at some point if you want to continue to scale and, and not, it's very important to me that, we scale at a good uh, clip without losing our core values and personal customer experience. Um, you know, that, that's really important to us and to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it's, you know, three or four full-time jobs in multiple companies and, um, you know, running the sales and the marketing and the project management and those kind of things. So my biggest thing right now is, getting uh, SOPs in place and, you know, getting a, a simple CRM, getting switched over to job tread, um, you know, cause our software right now is good for quotes and, and invoicing, but it, there's no kind of CRM or project management aspect to it. So uh, we're, we're been talking with some of the guys over at job tread, getting switched over there. It seems like a, a great software. It's got everything we need. Um, and I know a lot of the guys kind of in this, you know, in our circle, you know, Facebook kind of acquaintance circle or, or, you know, pretty tight in yeah, and familiar with that. Again? Yes. Did you go to that? Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I saw that uh, Adam and then the the guys I've been talking to, Zach and stuff over there was, was talking about that. So um, yeah. I think Adam had a booth out there and then uh, WinRate, who I'm going to be coaching for now, right. has a booth booth out there too as well so um i know that's yeah you're 100 percent. that's probably 70 percent of our clients on the coaching side are using job trade right now yeah yeah so but yeah just getting things getting things in place and you know if i could rewind three years i would have i would have made that more of a a focal point up front um mm-hmm. you know kind of that uh, coulda shoulda woulda but you know, it worked. And and luckily, you know, we're, we're a, a decent ticket priced item where we don't need a thousand clients a year. So, um, you know, my recall and, and, you know, I was able to, to do things, um, Excel spreadsheets and pen and paper and yeah. cell phone yeah. calendar. And, uh, but it's getting to the point where, you know, I just turned 40. I've got a couple kids. I'm coaching new sports. I just started another company. Like my bandwidth is, I'm about to <laughs> Yeah. And that's what's what's crazy at the same time. You know, you're obviously feeling a calling to to start that other company and we'll definitely get into that. But I mean, so the most entrepreneur solution to wearing the multiple hats, multiple businesses now and wanting to do all the things is like, okay, well, you know, as long as I'm bringing in the money, I'm good. Family goes by the wayside. Marriage goes by the wayside. You know, that comes in second place. Faith like fourth place, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I know, I already know enough about you that that's not what you did. Right. And so how are you juggling all these things going on in your business and how are you making sure to prioritize your faith and your family as well? Yeah. So my thing for 2024 is faith, family focus. Um, okay. So, you know, cause I did it at certain points, like, you know, like a lot of entrepreneurs and people, men in general, those things did kind of drift away, uh, you know, and I, I got into some, you know, just some bad choices, bad habits and and some of those kind of things. So um, just getting back to really, man, uh, almost being a little bit selfish and putting putting my faith and and myself first for, you know, a, a little bit of the time, um, you know, and just as long as I'm taking care of myself from a, uh, a Jesus standpoint, a faith standpoint, 
uh, a nutrition standpoint, an exercise standpoint, even though that whatever that looks like, that hour of the day, that two hours of the day, that's not really taking anything away because if I give myself an hour or two, I'm able to give my employees, my business, my wife, my kids, everything else, I can give them so much more, you know, mm-hmm. whereas at certain points, yeah, I was, you know, giving them maybe, you know, giving them time, but it wasn't a hundred percent while I was in that time. Now I'm giving them time and my hundred percent, uh, you know, and, and a big part of that has been getting back to uh, a stronger, uh, relationship with God and, and my faith, um, oh. and, uh, and getting up at five twelve AM every morning, uh, you know, and, and getting up at that, I'm just, I'm not like a 5 a.m., 6 a.m. guy. I'm kind of weird like that. So like 5, 12 a.m., it just sounded better to me than 5 a.m. for some reason. So, so that's so there wasn't uh, like a, it wasn't like a scripture or anything. Just 5, 12 was like, no. that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> I have to go back and look if there's any good scripture on 5, 12. Yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. Yeah. See where we're at. But uh, I'm sure, you know, the way God works and the Bible works, if I look, there's going to be something, you know, oh, that yeah. he has a calling of 5, 12. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I just get up and then that way that gives me pretty much two hours to, uh, you know, just meditate, breathe, Bible, uh, you know, coffee, knock out maybe a couple, you know, key work things that I just want to get off the, you know, off the books for the day. Uh, and then, you know, that gives me like two hours before, you know, the kids wake up and start getting them ready, you know, get lunches made and get ready for the bus and, um, you know, my my guys start calling and need to pick up materials and you know just life life happens um you know but getting up at 5 12 and having those couple hours in the morning to to do you know what i need to do has been a tremendous help um uh, you know and it's amazing it's amazing what 2 hours uninterrupted in the morning can do i swear from 512 to 712, I can get more done than from 712 to 1212. Oh, absolutely. Just with, you know, phone calls and emails and distractions and text. And, you know, I mean, so those two hours are vitally important. So kind of the, the long answer to your short question would be uh, getting back to to a Christ-centered life, um, you know, and and because that, that helps with everything else. And then waking up early and making that, you know, making those two things of uh, those are non-negotiables. Well, I think you touched on something that's important that I I don't think a lot of people consider that, you know, time is just linear and, you know, a mathematic number, you know, but the quality of that time, the depth of that time that's spent mm-hmm. matters, right? And so, you know, we can talk about it on the business side. If I'm running a meeting on the business side and I have an agenda, and I stick to that agenda and I hit the major things that are going to move the company forward in the meeting and my team collaborates on how we do that and we execute well and we do it in 30 minutes, that's worth way more than a unscheduled, un, you know, organized hour and a half meeting with like snacks in between and, you know, BSing about this client or that customer, whatever the case is, that's, that's going to be worth way more. And, uh, and the same thing with time with my, my kids, you know, you're talking about getting up and reading the Bible in the morning. I've been, I've been doing that consistently for a couple of months now. And, um, it, it has completely changed my life, you know, in the sense of, I, I can, I can think of two examples where, you know, my kid had a question and I answered him with scripture, you know, now I haven't, I'm not at the point where I can like recite scripture, you know, or anything like that. That'll probably be like 10 years from now, yeah. you know, I, I am envious of those that were raised in the church and like raised on reciting scripture, but I can tell a story. Right. And, um, you know, at, at dinner the other day, my son was talking about that. He was getting picked on by this kid and he didn't want to fight him because he was bigger. You know, he didn't want to push back. He didn't want to stand up for himself because he's bigger. And I said, well, I just read about David and Goliath, you know? And so I pulled out my Bible, reread the story. And then I read the, NIV version, as well as the, uh, you know, they have a, a kid's graphic novel. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was way more interesting <laughs> of the <laughs> Bible. And so that was cool. And then and then we were camping the other day. We were RVing, 
and we were on the campgrounds and we went and they did the like the coffee in the morning or whatever and everybody kind of meets up and hangs out and i got to tell the 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 story i learned about what meek means in the bible and the translation where it came from and that it was the meek meek is how they described these horses that were war horses but they had such amazing control that meek was the description for something that was powerful beyond measure but also could control it and so when people say the meek will inherit the earth that is not weak people always see that as weak will inherit the earth or the humble will inherit the earth now you know um christians are confident but they don't need to beat their chests all the time when it comes to that you know and so without getting too much off topic i i I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. It's about what you bring to the hour versus just spending the hour, you know? Exactly. And so when you can do that with your team, when you do that with your family or your marriage, you know, I mean, we're big on date night in our groups, you know, and uh, one day night every other week is way better than three hours in front of the TV every night. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> because it's unencumbered, dedicated de depth of time versus length. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think you're uh, on the right track there for sure. So where did this calling come from, you know, to kind of transition into life coaching now, which is something that, you know, obviously I was showing your Facebook earlier. It's all over your branding now. Um, it looks really great, by the way. Love the logo, love the colors, you know, obviously BGST, same color, <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe a shade or two off, but it looks great. Um, what inspired that? So coaching, mentoring, leadership, has that's something I've always done. Uh, you know, just growing up as an athlete and then, you know, uh, playing multiple sports and all those kind of things. I mean, everybody, everybody that you talk to that knew me at 16, 18, 20, you know, into college, everybody thought I was going to be a general manager or a head coach or something along those lines. And in college and then right after, you know, I, I was in the pool business and then went into sports marketing, uh, which was, you know, the sports industry was kind of always what I thought was my dream, but I found out it, it necessarily wasn't. But the, when I was in that, I worked with a lot of uh, families, parents and high school athletes, mentoring them and helping them through the college recruiting process. And so I did a lot of uh, mentoring and putting together, you know, programs uh, for them, uh, went and talked at different events and, you know, different uh, schools and all kinds of things. So the coaching and um, mentoring has always been a huge uh, interest of mine and something that I really, really enjoy. Uh, and here recently, just with some of the things I've I've gone through the last few years and came to a head uh, last year and made some significant changes. Uh, and you, you said it right. It's, it's more of a calling. It's not, I, I, I can't really explain it to you a hundred percent. I've had other people ask me and I guess that tells me and whoever's listening, all you need to know is I really cannot explain it. Uh, it just, things came to a head and, uh, something clicked and I started seeing all these signs and picked up um, winning the war in your mind by Pastor Craig Groeschel at a life church in Oklahoma. And that was just, I'd never heard of him, never heard of the book. I just randomly went into Barnes and Noble one day, grabbed a Starbucks, found his book and was like, Oh, this looks interesting and couldn't put it down for three days. And mm -hmm. just things, there's a lot of, a lot of, I call them divine, you know, instances. You can call it coincidence. I, I'm not a yeah. huge believer in, in that, but uh, that just kept transpiring. And, you know, I just kept getting pulled in, uh, pulled in. Um, and I've always been, I kind of like to joke, my real name is Thomas. And, the you know, the whole thing with the doubting Thomas until, you know, he really saw the the proof and all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of where I was at. I, I went to church a little bit growing up in holidays and, you know, some Bible, uh, like summer vacation Bible school with friends and would go a little bit and then not go and kind of always have my toe in the water and would, would watch from afar. And I was in fellowship of Christian athletes in high school and then kind of grew away, you know, so it was always a little bit of a, 
in and out roller coaster, but something has transpired over the last, I don't know, six, eight months or so um, that just really called me and pulled me in. And I was talking to somebody the other day and it's not even something that's, you know, forced, like, you know, we were talking about waking up early and and reading the Bible and those kind of things. And it's not even something that I have to do or force myself. It's just what I want and what I'm pulled to do at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, You know, and there's, I think it's like anything, once you start that habit and kind of get that, get your brain working that way and you see, you just start seeing things so much differently, uh, you know, and, and you mentioned it earlier, the way it's changed your life. I mean, I can't even tell you, man, <laughs> what it's done. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy. And I kind of, sometimes I start to take a step back and be like, man, this is, this is like really different and quick, um, you know, but then it just keeps, it keeps happening and things keep coming up and I keep meeting these people and I keep being put in these rooms and I, you know, it's just, things just keep transpiring that, I mean, it's pretty obvious what's going on to me. So. I love it, man. I love it so much. So I guess, what are you excited about now? I mean, you got a lot going on in your business transition happening there to, uh, to focus on the newer brand. You know, obviously, I would imagine your family is adjusting to this different version of you that you've been working on the last six months, you know, and then uh, now you've got a new new coaching business that you're starting as well. Right. And so I guess what out of all those things, what are you most excited about? The thing that's most important to me that uh, um, I'm most excited about that's non-negotiable is what you said about the family, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that all stems from the faith aspect, uh, you know, and cause I, I've started to see it. My, my wife, uh, grew up in the church, but you know, we never really went, uh, you know, on a regular basis. And we always kind of talked about it and we wanted our boys to come up in the church and those kind of things. And, and it's, it's really, um, inspiring to see, that me as kind of the leader and provider of the household, um, Mm -hmm. when I, when I kind of made this, it it wasn't just a life change. It was more of a spiritual transformation. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can, um, that how that's impacted and spilt over into my wife and my six-year-old and my three-year-old, uh, you know, cause previously, they were real reluctant. They didn't want to go, you know, they were worried about going to church because they didn't know anybody in the kids classes and, you know, those kind of things. And now, you know, we've gone and they're like Monday morning rolls around. Are we going back to church? I don't want to go to school. Can we go to church? You know, and it's just those things that, that, that keep, um, you know, transpiring are just amazing. So the thing I'm most excited about is, is continuing to grow that relationship with, uh, you know, with, with God and putting, putting that first because of what I've seen it do to every other aspect, uh, of my life, um, with wife, family, kids, friends, business, just six months ago, I would have watched, continued to watch your stuff from afar and never reconnected and wouldn't have been on this podcast. Uh, you know, and so it's just those things putting, not even putting myself in certain positions, but just it naturally happening with everything else that's going on. Um, You know, I'm really excited about the, the business side of it with the pool with Houston pool and patio and TD outdoor. And Uh I'm excited about those brands and that, that growth. Um, But I'm really excited about getting those things set up from a CRM and SOP type standpoint so that, I can work on the business and not so much in the business. Uh, That way I can put, I have more time and energy and resources to put towards um, the coaching, Uh, you know, because that's, that's in its infancy, but it's definitely something that excites me and, and 
something that uh, I'm looking forward to and starting to work on building out a course and, you know, some of those, you know, laying that, laying that foundation and making sure because I've got the, you know, I'm getting that Christian foundation and, and really uh, focusing on those values and that foundation coupled with what I've learned over 20 years of basically being an entrepreneur, uh, you know, and, and what I would have done differently three years ago when I started TD Outdoor, uh, you know, putting that in place on this and not, not rushing into it, you know, because I want to make sure, you know, I want to make sure that that's done right. Cause I, I'm not looking for it to really be a huge provider or source of income, especially not, you know, initially, um, you know, it's more of a passion project and cause I've got a, I've got a pretty, I've got a pretty deep story, um, that, you know, we don't need, it, it would take a lot longer than this podcast to get all, <laughs> get everything out. But, you know, I, I, I just feel this, this pool and this calling to share my story as kind of open and vulnerable as I have to be, which I was not a few, you know, six months ago. Um, yeah. but I know, I know that sharing that story and, and testimony, if it can help one, 10, a hundred, a thousand, I mean, it, you know, that's, that's really, I want to create value and help help some other guys that have a similar situation. Couldn't agree more, man. Um, one of the greatest things I ever did was when I uh, originally got separated and eventually divorced from my wife. Uh, who we're, we're remarried now for the new listeners on the podcast. Um, was I told myself I was going to be a man of integrity and I was going to tell everybody that needed to hear the story of the story, you know, and now I've probably told that story maybe six or seven times on my podcast and probably 50 or 60 times on other people's podcasts, you know what I'm saying? And so I think it's important. And you know, the, the words that come to mind when you talk about sharing that story and if it can impact one or 10 or thousands, you know, in my mind, it's thousands every single time, because uh, you know, the, what, what, what kept, what pops up in my head is fishers of men, right? That's just the scripture that keeps popping up in my head is when Jesus talks about, I want you to be fishers of men. And uh, telling that story makes you a fisher of men versus hiding the story. And then you're just like everybody else, you know? And so I think uh, that's going to be a, a big part of your growth there. If you're, I would say, if somebody that is going to be your client is listening right now, what, what are they going through? What are they feeling? And what are they what do you think they need in order to, you know, be pulled out of what they're in right now? I mean, what is, what are some of the things that your client is saying right now that, you know, they could really be impacted by your, your services? Yep. So the biggest thing for me was you just like anything, Doug, whether it's good or bad, you, you, you create those neural pathways and brain waves and, you know, it could be positive and, uh, you know, and, and good, or it could be negative and, and bad. Uh, and you just get stuck in that cycle. And you think, you know, you, you kind of at some point probably get a victim mentality of, oh, I just, you know, I don't deserve it. I can't do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's no different than anything. You just, you have to, you have to find a higher power. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, that, that's, if you look at most success stories, even down to guys that you wouldn't think so like Russell brand. Right. right? I mean, that's eventually what pulled him out. And we're talking, you know, this dude was in some deep, dark stuff um, with heroin and, sexual mm -hmm. addiction. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Um, and so that's really what finally clicked and, and did it for me. And, you know, I would go 60 days, 90 days, six months. I mean, it, you know, I would have little runs and then kind of fall back in. Um, but just with, with this calling and, and being pulled closer to, you know, to God and developing that relationship the feeling is just so much different, uh, you know, cause you have that, 
that outlet, you have that resource, you know, you have that higher power, you understand it's not just you against the world or you against addiction or you against, you know, whatever, um, you know, it, and when I started laying that foundation and developing that relationship and uh, thankfully found Pastor Craig's book and getting back into the Bible and reading and learning, that gave me the the tools as a man to drop the ego, step back, let let go of some of the control, um, and just hand it over to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because you, I don't want to say an absolute blanket statement that you can't do it because there, there are people that have, but for me and for a lot of men, it, that wasn't the case. I tried yeah. it my way. You know, I tried it my way. I tried to control it. I tried to white knuckle it. I tried to, you know, do all these different things and nothing has felt more, uh, freeing, more, um, hopeful, more inspirational, more anything than, than right now, uh, with just dropping that control and, and kind of handing it over. And I mean, it's a big, like cleanse, like you can like breathe. Right. And by doing that, it, it it's multi-stages. And by doing those things, it dropped my walls and it was okay for me to talk about it. It was uh-huh. okay to share it. It was okay for me to bring other people in rather than just, you know, my wife dealing with it and, you know, a couple friends, you know, it, it allowed me to uh, open up and basically ask for help. Um, Cause as you, as you can probably tell, it's hard for me to delegate and ask for help, which is why, you know, <laughs> my business is kind of where it is now, which is a good and a bad thing. But now it's to the point where I've got to get some help, get some things in line uh, and bring in some, you know, some, uh, foreman and salesman and do those kind of things. And it's no different than in, in my life. You know, I was trying to white knuckle it and basically do it. myself, and I was doing it for other people. Uh, and one of the biggest things that I learned, which is hard for a lot of people, especially, and it was hard for me is being a, a little bit selfish and making sure that you yeah. are taking, that you're taking care of yourself. Because if you don't, Going back to our original, you know, original topic, if it means you got to get up at five so that you have a couple hours before the day gets crazy, that's what you got to do. Those those things have been life changing. So finding finding a higher higher power, whatever that means to you. uh, To me, it's God and getting in, in the Bible and trying to to walk this path and live more like Jesus. Um, None of us are perfect, but that's an aspiration. Um, that's been, that's been life changing, uh, because that foundation has allowed me to just kind of hand off some of these things. And, and that's transpired into dropping walls and control. And that's transpired into knowing that it's okay to talk about it and be vulnerable and ask for help. Um, and a lot of people, especially myself, I was scared or one, I just wasn't in the right place to want to do it. But then when I was in the place to do it, I was scared to bring it up or ask for help um, because I thought I'd be judged, chastised. People would be mad at me. People would disown me. uh, And it's been 100% complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been nothing but support, unconditional love, um, you know, just, so if you're worried about those things, find find your higher power, um, relinquish some of that, you know, just get it off, relinquish it um, and ask for help. You know, I mean, that that's that's a big thing, because I promise everybody that you're going to you're going to open up to and ask for help already knows. More than likely. Yeah. And so, you know, just trying to hide it, you know, and be sneaky about it 
may work for a, a while, but for the most part, everybody that matters in your life that cares about you and you care about has a good idea or they know. So, you know, being vulnerable and asking for help is it's only going to, it's only going to help your, you know, the situation. You know, you said, uh, it's a good aspiration to have to be like Jesus. And one of the metaphors I always use when it comes to that is, uh, you know, I'm never going to be Michael Jordan. I know that, you know what I'm saying? But more people, more people understand this metaphor than the Jesus one. So I would say, I'm never going to be Michael Jordan, but if I practice every day in basketball, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm probably going to inspire my kids to get better if they play the sport, you know, maybe I'll even have a little more context when coaching their teams and whatever the case is, you know what I'm saying? I, I may be trying to be like Mike, but I'm not going to go play in the NBA, you know? And so same thing. I may be trying to be like Jesus, but I know that I'm never going to sit at the right hand of God. You know what I mean? Hopefully I'll get to be part of his army someday, you know, and in some other spirit, uh, spirit form. But uh, if I, if that's what I'm working towards, then it's going to do nothing but good. You know, what I'm saying? as long as your North Star is there. And I think uh, that's why we get excited when we talk about, you know, all right, what are we excited about? Well, right now I'm excited about my faith and I'm excited about my family. Those are, that's what I'm most excited about. Just genuinely. I'm excited about the next RV trip, the next prayer on a mountain, you know, the next um, uh, conversation with my kids about God and the, the next, uh, you know, the kids are starting up baseball soon. So the next practice or the next backyard practice, I should say. That's what I'm most excited about, you know. And yeah, I'm excited about my business too. But it's for the first time, and I think this is what you're experiencing too, for the first time that my my identity and my, my mood does not rise and fall in my business. You know, if, if my family's taken care of, if the bills are paid, then it, it, it rises and falls on my fa my faith and my family and myself. Mm -hmm. you know? And even if they aren't, I've learned how to live, how to, how to like be present and be, be, uh, be a good father and be a good husband despite adversity. Whereas before in my twenties and probably similar for you, it was, everything was crap. If, the business wasn't right or the money wasn't right or whatever the case was. So, all right, brother, I got one more question for you. Um, and this goes right in line with what you're talking about, which is what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Yeah. I mean, those go hand in hand. Legacy to me means what you leave behind uh, and not necessarily financially. Obviously you want, you know, you want to be able to provide for, kids and upcoming generations, but, um, more so it's about, you know, what, what did you do while you were here? You know, what, what are, what are people going to say at your funeral? You know, what's your eulogy going to be? Um, you know, and that's, you know, I've, I've always been pretty unselfish and helpful, but here recently it's another foundation with, you know, with faith and, and, uh, living more like Jesus and the Bible is being of service, um, you know, and, and creating more value. Cause you can, you can have ministry in whatever you do. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, and it took me, it took me a long time to realize that, yeah, I mean, building outdoor living in patios and kitchens, it's a cool, it's a, it's a fun business. It's a cool business. It keeps me out of a cubicle. It keeps me out of a nine to five. Um, but I never really saw the my true purpose in it. Uh, but now I see that more because I can connect with more people and be nice to people. And, and uh, you know, because the customers I'm working for, they're all human, too. They, and most of them have. And this goes back to, you know, when you walk into it, you ask me when you walk into a house, you know, what what makes you know that you're going to get the sale? I don't a hundred percent know that, but I'm pretty confident in it because of, um, my faith and, and, and my experience and being relational, 
that all stems back to that because they they're humans. A lot of them are in my similar position and, uh, you know, they have kids and they have jobs and they have stress. And, you know, that's why I stick to outdoor construction because you don't want to be messing up some, you know, wife's home with a bunch of dust and all that. No, nope, I'll stay oh, outside. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most stressful construction there is. Yeah. Remodel. I'll, stay, I'll stay outside. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, but just looking at that as kind of as part of my legacy, because we do a lot of cool work and not looking at it as, oh, you know, I'm just doing some work for a customer and it's transactional, right? It's looking at that as this is somebody's dream. This is their, yeah. this is their piece you know, when they've had a stressful day and maybe, you know, they want to go out on their new patio when it's nicer weather, uh, you know, and it's not a hundred percent humidity and muggy, you know, at 6 a.m., but they want to go out on their patio, drink some coffee and read their Bible, Yeah, you know? And so it's just, it's being of more service and, and even in the, my pool and patio business is having that be more of a, of a, of a purpose outside of just making a living and being transactional and doing what we say. And, and you mentioned integrity and, um, you know, providing a good customer experience. And even when things aren't going great, being kind, being patient, being rational, uh, because I understand we're all, uh, also customers and humans. So, yeah. You know, I have to have customer service if something goes wrong with Fubo TV or, you know, whatever it is. So it's just remembering that, you know, these are these are customers and they've had tough days and they've had challenges with their kids and they've had challenges with their business or their boss or, you know, whatever it is. So it's just not not adding to that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, try to, you know, do what we say, stay on time, provide them a good product, um, you know, and that that really kind of builds my legacy because I want our business to be, um, you know, stick to our core values and, and do things right and build trust and um, do things with integrity and leave them with a little piece of, uh, of peace, uh, you know, that they can do. So, uh, and with doing that is hopefully, you know, leaving that behind for the, for my boys as part of the legacy, um, you know, and, they can do what they want, you know, or uh, sell it and they can do what they want. Um, and then also from a from a, a faith standpoint is continuing to make um, God uh, and faith a center point of not just my life, but my family's life. Mm -hmm. Because even in these these, you know, six months or whatever, it's been seeing the difference in, in um, my kid's life and wanting you know and wanting to go to church and wanting to go to the the youth group you know the kids classes and uh my son wanting my six-year-old wanting to you know ask me to come read the bible before he goes to bed and um you know so just passing that down because of the foundation it's already laying and that i know it'll continue to lay uh for decades uh for you know forever so I couldn't agree more, man. It's massive. And I really like what you said, though, because a lot of people talk about impact, but a lot of people can specifically talk about how they're going to impact others. So when I think about what you said about the experiences these families are now going to have because you were able to deliver on what you said you were going to do for them, um, I think about my kids and how even now, if my uh, in-laws house got bulldozed today. They'd always have these memories of the last five years of spending summers at their pool. So they got a fiberglass pool. Oh, uh, it came with a house. And so um, it, it, it came with a house that they bought, but as soon as they got that house, the kids were all about it every other, every other, uh, every summer. And then now it's even now, Oh, we're going to your, your opas and your grandma's. And uh, they're like, uh, are we going swimming? It's like freaking 30 degrees out. Are we going swimming? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're crazy, but um, they're always going to have those memories. And, you know, that's, that's legacy in, in itself. And you get to install those, which is pretty cool, you know? 
And so when you think about it from a marketing standpoint, uh, definitely take that into consideration because I think there's a really good marketing message there. And especially for the grandparents. I mean, I know they love their grandkids coming over and getting them, see them have fun. And then they get to be, they do, they let them up with sugar and candy and junk, whatever they want. Because <laughs> they don't have to be a parent anymore. They just get to do the fun stuff, you know? And so uh, I could see how that could carry on for years and years and years. All right, brother, where is the best place to reach out? You know, I know that at least one listener is listening to this. And it's like, man, you know, I've dealt with addiction or I've dealt with not feeling like enough for my family or I'm, I'm struggling with my faith. Where they can, where can they reach out to you? Yeah, just search my name, find me on Facebook, Tommy DeLong. I'm sure when you post this, you know, you'll, you'll tag it and stuff too. So just, Tommy DeLong, Instagram and Facebook, they should both be public. Um, yeah, and I'll just tell anybody, man, I mean, I'm I'm more than an open book. I had, you know, uh, guys and mentors and people that I talk to and still talk to that, you know, have, have really helped change the course of, uh, you know, of my life and kind of a part of the legacy, I guess I didn't hit on is getting all these other things set up so that I can have that impact on, you know, on others. Like mm -hmm. I said, whether it's one, ten, a hundred thousands. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm, I hope people message me, um, you mm -hmm. know, to, to see, I mean, even a, a quick Facebook chat and maybe a few points of wisdom, uh, yeah. you know, can help somebody, you know, not necessarily a full, you know, a full on coaching or anything like that. Just a, a quick conversation can have an impact. So yeah, just, Find me on, on Facebook or Instagram, Tommy DeLong. Those are great, great uh, places to start. All right, brother. Well, we'll include it in the, the show notes for you. And uh, I just want to say I appreciate you coming on, being a little vulnerable with us, sharing your story, and uh, walking us through what's going on in your world right now. Uh, I think there's a lot of takeaways for our listeners here. So once again, I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks, Doug. All right, brother. Let's get building. Yes, sir.